Did we just catch you at the end of a rant that you just never stopped? No. Hello and welcome to episode number 60, that is 6-0 of Grumpy Old Ben's. I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker, deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where there are lawnmowers going on outside, and the freezer is filled with the meats. And from America's left coast, where the weather is sunny, the YouTubers are cranky, and the judges are intersectional. I'm Ryan Bimrose. The YouTubers are cranky, and... uh the world is the world's melting down. I know that's a surprise if people haven't been paying attention to the world. I saw an article the other day about a couple from the UK that decided to go on their sailboat to the Caribbean and told the people that they were going to be contacted. Well, if anything bad happens while we're gone, we don't want to do it. No, just don't ruin our trip. <laughs> and obviously, their family and friends took them up on that because that it was awesome. <laughs> it was until they reached the Caribbean and are like, why are all the ports closed? Why won't they let us in? <laughs> okay, well, uh, you know, you know, spending two months on a boat in the Caribbean where you can't make port is probably only slightly better than than having to spend two months in your apartment because your governor won't let you out without an armband. Yeah, and it depends on how much you have in your supplies. They were able. By using their GPS, they convinced whichever Caribbean government it was that they have been self-isolating for more yeah, than 14 just, days. Trust us. We, no, we haven't seen another human. Yeah. So that was the, uh, it's like, maybe you could have warned them before they got there, but at least they had a nice sale, I guess. What, uh, what kind of collective mental psychosis is it that has caused all humans to s- just be completely afraid of any personal contact? Because this isn't just a virus thing. This started with i mean social media where people refuse to go interact with you know or or when you're in the grocery store and you you so somebody in standing in front of you in line and you're both waiting in line so it's not like you've got anything else to do and and i look over and i you know smile at somebody and they're like ah well that might just be me <laughs> yeah but, were, you, were you wearing I, pants that day i that's a good it's so hard to remember all the days kind of bleed into each other There's a real fear out there with this contagion that the normal rational bits of everybody's brain has gone nuts because of the news coverage. Yeah, it's the news coverage has done this. There was a clip they played on No Agenda yesterday, and my news sources have gotten. I mean, I'm reading other stuff. That no agenda is my news source. And it should be. But no agenda and Bill O'Reilly are my two main news sources that I trust. I read a lot of the other stuff, mainly just to see how they're covering the stories. And it's inter- I've said this before, but it's interesting that Bill O'Reilly and the no agenda crowd are on the same exact page. Yesterday, again, on his show, he talked about the most dangerous thing in America is the corrupt media. And that's something that if you listen to No Agenda, that's no surprise. But people, it's very easy to take somebody like Adam Curry, VJ, right? And uh, John C. Dvorak 
just a tech writer that you know who's going to believe these guys when you say the media is corrupt how do you what do you know well this is coming from a guy in bill o'reilly that actually well, they, worked in the belly of the beast and well adam and john on no agenda they don't just say the media is corrupt and just leave it at that the they they do six hours a week bringing you examples yes here's what and, they and said here's the, way, the I, truth i i have i i I don't mean to bite the hand that feeds us because we're we're very thankful to the no agenda mechanism for letting us use their stream and and also steal their audience. Uh, but I have a bit of a rant, and I've mentioned this before. But I, I last Sunday's show, almost every clip that John brought was Amy Goodman's fucking nails on chalkboard, awful fucking voice, and as like I. John just goes to democracy now as no agenda, easy mode. And <laughs> every fucking clip, he, it was better on Thursday, but every fucking clip that John brought from last Saturday was Amy Goodman's fucking voice. And she is retarded and completely left addled. And it is definitely fun to make fun of her, but it's making fun of that retarded kid that doesn't realize that she's this idiotic and it, it okay i mean what you're saying problem. what you're saying but, is it's low-hanging fruit it is very low-hanging fruit and more importantly john is making amy goodman more popular than she ever could be on her own more people are hearing this bitch on no agenda than would ever listen to that awful show democracy now John is like one of 12 people in the world who gives a fuck about democracy now. And he goes there to make fun of her. And uh, I mean, it's practically not fair. It, I mean, like I said, it's like picking on the retarded. We don't want to anyway. know how low your fruit is hanging cold acid. And if you're not in the no agenda troll room while we do these shows live on Fridays at 11 a.m. No agenda stream dot com. You're missing out on all the fun. But the clip that they played on no agenda the other day with the the open mic from the newsroom whatever the uh, the presser room where you know trump goes to do all his thing and all these journalists you know use that in air quotes are sitting there and the guy talking to his cameraman that said oh yeah like these new stats coming in you know it looks like the real death toll is you know maybe 0.2.3 percent and they're like oh so yeah, like a bad well, flu yeah this that, is that, yeah that's because the 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 serology studies are you know which which don't happen immediately good science takes time and we're we're finally starting to get some of the studies and they're like yeah actually it turns out that uh a lot more people have encountered this thing than we thought they did which of course yeah you know we uh, here on grumpy old ben's when we were talking about this six eight weeks ago and they're like yeah the it's it's got a 120 percent death rate and we're like um yeah, what? Where's your denominator coming from? Oh, we made it up, right? It, well, it's the or the it's we have the no tests. Idea. It's, I mean, you're obviously you got a pretty good idea how many people are dying. You know, everybody who gets in a car wreck in New York City these days is that's like another Corona death. Everybody who gets lung cancer from smoking, another Corona death. Everybody who goes and drowns themselves in the tub because they can't fucking leave their apartment, that's another Corona death. Actually, that is, but uh. So we know what the numerator is, but nobody has ever had a real good idea what the denominator is. And then they're just like, hey, let's divide by zero and make something up. Well, and that is where the fear comes from, because if you go back and look, I didn't. I'm sure you'll find 
stories over the last decade of young, healthy people that died out of the blue after getting the flu or something like that. But as human beings, when we read those stories, we didn't go, oh, my God, if I get the flu, I'm going to die because you know what the flu is. And it's it, it's something that is understood and, and familiar within our our human understanding. It, yeah. Which is I mean, this is not the flu. It is a completely different thing. More deadly, surely. But when you say more deadly and again, people get so uptight if you compare yeah. this to the flu, oh, the symptoms are awful. If if you go into the the, the cytokine storm or whatever the complication is right um that is no good that that will really fuck up your day and you don't want that i i get that and and i i don't want to downplay the that that this is a particularly bad virus right and the severity I, is I, there for a lot of people that get it i do however need to downplay the utter ridiculous reaction to it which is orders of magnitude more just out you would think that we were dealing with uh something existential and most people a lot of people seem to believe that we are um maybe the the lockdown i don't know if you want me to go into this but uh we've been prisoner training we we have been trained to be prisoners you know i i I read something i i radix says that he didn't come up with this but i stole it from him he said that uh Bernie's the reason Bernie's campaign ended is because all of his campaign goals were achieved. Uh, <laughs> the U.S. economy is trashed. We have no civil liberties and people are looking to daddy government for handouts and permission to live their lives. Bernie's done. He doesn't need to do anymore. Oh, no, he, no. See, I don't know if I don't know if Bernie is done because I did catch a nugget from the woman that was his uh, campaign chair. You know, of course, the campaign has now been suspended, but she was just interviewed yesterday. And made a somewhat offhand comment that, you know, we really don't even know yet who is going to be the Democratic nominee. And then she mentioned the Tara Reid sexual assault allegations as a possible reason why Uncle Joe won't be the nominee. So there's some there's some stuff going on with the Democrats just paving the way for the Hillary swoop, I'm sure the Hillary or the Bernie swoop. Because Bernie's the one that has the second no. most delegates, so if Joe goes, he'd be like, "I, I, I want my, I got my delegates, bring me in." Well, what, yeah, I, one of a conversation I had one of my good friends who is uh, a, a very smart person, despite the fact that he's a socialist and, and <laughs> claims, which means that he's he's got picked up some really bad data somewhere. But uh, he was telling me about all of the reasons that he supports Bernie Sanders and. And and I get that that the thing the things Bernie offers are are providing some hope to the kind of people who think that collectivism is the way to improve a society. Actually, the the root of it, which which was the disagreement we came across uh, in in the conversation I had, which was really interesting to me. So, uh, was that he believes that society is more important than the individuals that make it up, and I believe exactly the opposite. And I'm not going to get into the the conversation about you know i i I very much disagree but i don't he's not here to defend himself uh however um the prediction that i made then which was probably first week of february was the dnc will burn the party to the ground before they let bernie sanders be their nominee and i still stand by that there's no way 
Uh, I don't think that anybody in the new socialist left will be able to make inroads or be able to go very far in the party until the old school Hillary and Pelosi and the people who have been running the party, the Biden, uh, are are finally gone. Now, they're they're boomers and they're not all in great health. And I don't wish death on people, but uh, I mean, they're definitely standing in the way of of what many of the younger people these days call progress especially you know the younger people who apparently are represented by people like AOC so maybe maybe that's not progress maybe that's backwards but uh, well it is I, the 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 democrat party the dnc right now is still controlled by the old guard the kind of democrats who were there during the cold war who who were were kids back in the civil war and those people will not let the bernie sanders group or or the the socialist wing of the party take over well they shouldn't because we've seen what socialism does in other countries which is why it's hard to argue i haven't read it yet idea i haven't read it yet but glenn beck just came out with a book how to argue with socialists i'd be curious just to see oh my god what is in there because you know this it's a real we talk about dimension a and dimension b and usually people that are firmly in either one aren't going to be convinced that the other side is right and that just goes down to bias and everything that goes on in a normal human brain but this is why you asked why everybody's afraid it's because of the news stories it's because it's being drilled into your head that this is a very deadly virus which it is for some but the the reality is we used to ignore the news stories of you know young healthy guy dies of the flu we also i mean we, you can also well, compare the, this to me i think the oh family of four dies in a car crash on the highway well we still drive on highways yeah there, there's a pandemic of car crashes on the high actually you know what cars are safer today than they ever have been in the last 30 years because so few people are on the highway right now which is why you know again you don't put yourself into that and go well I'm, that's going to be me i mean airplanes same thing people oh i could die in an airplane well but then the you'll see yeah. like one airline crash what every few years and those are most often in uh, other parts of the world where maybe the maintenance wasn't so good or they were shot down you know flights in the united states it's been a while since there's been a deadly crash of a jumbo jet but people are still afraid of flying but i i, I could die in an earthquake during this broadcast because the volcano you know, do you know how much when, yeah well the volcanoes fortunately don't live on a volcano so it like i'm I'm thinking yeah i was gonna say hurricane but people these days thanks to uh the i mean meteorology has advanced a lot so people these days get several days warning and if you pay attention to the warning you can get out of the way of a hurricane uh tornadoes are probably better uh example of uh, yeah i mean you could you could dive in some freak occurrence and have nothing risk is part of human existence uh, you know, I, I said earthquake because uh, when an earthquake happens, you get about 10 seconds of warning and your shit it, it had better be ducking and covering in something structurally sound or, you know, I'm, I'm in a house on the side of a hill. If a bad earthquake comes, I could me and this whole house that I'm ducking covering in could slide <laughs> down the hillside. Now, it hasn't happened yet, and it probably won't happen in my lifetime. These sort of events happen every 500 years. But hey, I don't know. Maybe we're due. So I live with that risk by existing. You live with risk that, you know, you step out on a curb and a bus is going to hit you. 
Um, should we ban all buses? Should we ban the earth? Because that's what's causing volcanoes. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we could go back to doing what humans have done for tens of thousands of years and just accept that living is a dangerous activity and none of us are going to get out of it alive. Oh, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. It's risk assessment. I, I never hear you say that enough. I know, and I'm not going to clip it, but, and you don't know how to, so that's even better. The, um, somewhere today I saw a video that was posted. It was like a four or five minute clip that somebody took newly unearthed video that was taken in 1911 in New York City. They went through, colorized it, um, you know, ran all the computer AI through it to get as cl- you know the clarity better than it originally was, and it was just a very interesting thing to take a glimpse back in time, 110 years or so, where you know all the men dressed up in the suits with the you know the little hats on, and the women all in the skirts, and the um, they had video from going into New York Harbor. And there was a there was a shot with like all the people walking up and down the street. It was funny. There was one little kid who obviously noticed the camera and is kind of looking because cameras then weren't like, you know, cell phones are now. And it just occurred to me and it was kind of a calming thing that it's like you see these busy streets, people walking around. And the, the thought just occurred to me that all of them are dead now. <laughs> I mean, nobody like I said, nobody gets out alive. And uh, yeah. there's something either it's either terrifying to you that fact or it's calming that you know what this is just a part of the deal well i i I gotta admit i i'd like to continue living for as long as possible dying doesn't sound all that interesting and and frankly uh, the uncertainty of what goes on afterward is uh yeah it's frightening but it's something that everybody has to deal with but you know how you don't deal with it is by staying in your home and and praying that somebody else will just make you safe. Safety is an illusion. It's not something that is attainable, despite the ridiculous amount of uh, of destruction we that that we as a society wreak upon ourselves in pursuit of it. Uh, and you know, like like the the Ben Franklin quote is: "Those that that sacrifice essential liberties for a little bit of temporary safety deserve neither. Also, they get neither." Um. And, and and COVID is not exceptional in any way. We've had bad flu strains before. We, you know, the this the there was talk about the Spanish flu. There's the Black Plague. There, there's all kinds of things. And you know what happened in the past was when a particularly brutal virus swept through the population, lots of people died, and that's unfortunate. But if I mean, if you are the kind of person, and and and. As the kind of person who values the individual, I I very much think that that's a tragedy whenever any individual dies and they shouldn't be doing that. Stop it. But yes, did we lose you or did you just lose your train of thought? We lost Bemrose. Hey, it wouldn't be the first time that's happened. They're going after his bandwidth, I think. And uh, once they get the bandwidth, that's it. That's history for him. But, you know, that's it. You have to go into risk assessment. You understand that life is a dangerous thing, that nobody's getting out alive. You have to look at the numbers and realize that in this case, it is equivalent as far as the death rate goes to a bad flu. It isn't a, it isn't a contagion that if you come into contact with it, you have you know a 50% chance of dying or even a 20% chance of dying. One of the most interesting things about 
this whole deal is that the uh, overall numbers are coming out now dying and i certainly don't want to get it but you know what this is this is not uh, the the end of society virus this is a particularly horrible flu strain with a billion dollar marketing and pr department can i ask you a question you just did <laughs> did you know that uh, clean feed just connected for like three minutes <laughs> did we just did we, did we just catch you at the end of a rant that you just never stopped no <laughs> <laughs> i think we did and i'm sad i missed that we need we need local recording i oh think my God. on the other end <laughs> that is fantastic but you're right this isn't a contagion I, of course as i mentioned to this when you were not hearing me then that uh this isn't something that you get it and 50 percent of the people are going to die this isn't a big bad thing that you should be hunkering down I mean, you should be taking precautions but you have to uh you have to understand the actual risks, and the media isn't telling you the actual risks. They're not telling you that still the numbers seem to be 80 to 85% of the people that get it are going to have either no symptoms or very mild ones. I mean, one of the biggest things that come out of this was that the, the earliest deaths are now being shown in California, like about a month before you knew it was in Washington, which is where the first place everybody thought it was, which meant yeah. it was going around and nobody knew it was even there so yeah, how you, bad you can don't it be say uh -huh. oh, wait you have said <laughs> yeah i mean this is a lot of it is guesswork and a lot of it is gotcha journalism because nothing can happen in the world that they don't try to make trump look bad and that didn't stop yesterday again when he had a scientist on talking about the fact that you know two things one heat seems to be slowing down or making the virus less viable to be infecting people uh they've talked about ultraviolet c all ultraviolet light will deactivate this virus but ultraviolet c which is something i wasn't very familiar with is a uv light that actually doesn't do any harm to human eyes human skin so it's not dangerous to humans but it seems that it does act as a disinfectant for the virus man you can buy light bulbs i guess that put off ultraviolet c so this is something i'm guessing now any uh, any government agencies any public places where there is lighting probably ultraviolet c's are going to be going in because it will help with viruses like this and the guy also mentioned that you know normal disinfectants bleach and the isopropyl alcohol especially kills the virus within a matter of seconds and trump made a comment that was and we've lost the clean feet again okay this is getting annoying now see i knew bemrose was too quiet for too long there we might have to try skype might actually have to edit this and i hate editing are we uh, did we just have to reboot my pod my fellow podcaster or yeah this this clean feed died <laughs> again which is, okay. This, this okay. is getting annoying well, what the um, fuck internet i'm ranting here <laughs> but of course the, what everybody went with you know after trump heard the guy talk about uvc and the disinfectants like bleach and isopropyl alcohol very easily very quickly killing the virus all every news story in the mainstream trump says people should uh, take disinfectants and uh he's an idiot yeah. it's like no well, it's <laughs> that's not what he said I, I, don't look is, at the, the the media activity that where 
they are they are doing a disservice to the public by being turning everything political and it's borderline criminal uh that every single story they they're not looking for what's good or bad for the people listening they're looking for uh how can we make this political to pander to the base on um, it, well it's one of the reasons why you just shouldn't watch that garbage but Yes, which is uh, why it's hard to find a news source that you trust. Because here's the thing. If you want to take Trump down, when your coverage is 100% negative, anybody that has a brain understands that Trump and nobody is wrong 100% of the time. So pepper in a few stories that don't show your complete bias, and you would be more believable. But they're so damn Trump deranged that they can't put anything positive. But you just said anybody with half a brain. This is obviously not who the news media are going for. Those people are getting their news from like us from the Internet that the people that have been have been trained to shut their brain off whenever they absorb news is uh, is who they're going for. See, and now we're being told in the troll room by both DigiGuru and Harry Hamster that UVC can mess up your eyes, which wasn't the, well, it's uh, radiation yeah your eyes are are specialty organs to absorb radiation so yeah <laughs> yeah well but the other stuff i've read said uvc didn't have that problem so again this is why I don't the know. news coverage is what, what we need is what we need is some science we need to uh separate all of the troll room into uh, a blind study where half of them are control and half of them are getting uvc shining directly into their eyes all day and see which ones go blind <laughs> i'm just gonna hide inside and um make- well, obviously that wouldn't work with us because we our eyesight is already screwed up we couldn't be a control group at all right we have to be off on the other side just laughing at the rest of the people yeah, yeah just- I'll, I'll be the i'll be the one in the white lab coat and holding a clipboard there won't be anything on the clipboard it'll be completely just a useless prop but but if you're holding a clipboard then everybody thinks that you have more credibility than you necessarily do but I just want to Speaking point out science. Yeah. Oh, oh. Well, you have a science story. Oh, I, I, well, do you remember uh, a while back when I was telling about how one of the best things about uh, the United States is that we have 50 different uh, dish, 50 different scientific buckets in which to determine which policies are good and which policies are bad. And so if one state enacts some ridiculous policy, like say, forcing everybody in their state to stay at home and and cower in place and be afraid and another state doesn't then you can use the the states that don't as a control and the states that do as your scientific study and determine does the policy of forcing everybody to stop their lives shut down their small businesses and completely destroy their person or their state's economy does that lower the death rate and the answer we're getting is no the 11 states or so that never instituted stay at home or lockdown orders have not seen any difference whatsoever in the the death rate of this virus they haven't seen any real difference in the infection rate and they haven't seen any hospitals getting overloaded uh you know hospitals for the most part are empty we're getting we're getting youtube videos of of people at work on the clock at hospitals who are just goofing off because they've got nothing to do and funny um it's starting to really look like all of these 
stay at home, be afraid, look to your government for your solution. All of these orders were really completely ineffective and did nothing to curb the spread of this virus. And we have actual science to prove it because we've got controls in states that didn't lock down. And then we got the states that did. And we have Sweden as a whole country that didn't do a lockdown, which they are uh, 17% higher on the death rate than their neighbors to the east and west. So there is a difference. But in the United States, you have 50 different places. What's the denominator on that one? Oh, yeah, that's a good. Well, that's again, the question you have to believe the data is accurate because we're counting everything from computer models well we're counting everything as covid deaths and that gets quite confusing but the places that need the shelter in place are probably just the mass cities in the united states including new york chicago cook county really bad la those are the places and this is interesting because Everybody wanted and, to live in the cities. That was the cool place to live. All of a sudden, it's going to be a death trap when something like this hits because it everybody's on top of each other. You know, a thousand years ago, people knew this and learned this, which was that if if a plague, when, you know, when the Black Plague hit, I guess six hundred years ago, uh, the, it was the cities that took the brunt of it, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of big cities, got a whole lot smaller, and there was a massive demographic shift. To rural areas because small villages uh, a lot of small villages were perfectly fine because it you know back then when people weren't traveling uh you know the the plague never came to their city or their town or or when it did there weren't enough people to transmit it through the whole population but when everybody is living shoulder to shoulder in a dense city and and you are correct that it, it is the cities because it's turning out that with with these numbers as they're finally coming out the lockdown had absolutely nothing to do with the infection rate or the death rate or anything in fact the only thing that seems to really matter is population density in high density places this this virus is worse in low density places not so bad which is why you you needed something to help the hospitals not get overloaded but the bright side if there is one of the covid thing is that it is not an instantaneous death it's not like oh you get it and three days later you're dead i think i read it was like 24 days if for the people that are dying from this it was 24 days after noticing symptoms which tells me a couple of things are vital in this one when the symptoms time to work on your bucket list yeah Uh, what it's time to work on the bucket list but it's like once symptoms start you want to start doing something to to mitigate the symptoms because it's not the actual virus that's killing you like you said it's the psychotine storm or however you pronounce that that is your body overacting to the virus that is shutting down your organs and having a massive you know the death rates because your own body is fighting so hard so it tells me by the way well, while I remember, speaking of overacting, I do have a review of Star Trek Discovery, which I actually watched. Uh, I'll, I can bring that next week if you'd like. That would be delightful. Delightful. Star Trek Spe- Discovery. Is, is speaking it of overacting. Better than Picard. <laughs> Worse than Picard. We don't. Uh, no, maybe one or the other. But that is to get this early. And the, the, uh, the big news story we also just saw was oh the drug trump likes it was they did a study and it was it was crap more people died 
Well, that so, wasn't entirely it was, true. It was insufficiently patented was the real problem. Yes. And it was uh, another BS thing that they gave it to patients who were, you know, if you were like about three breaths away from dying of the, this coronavirus, that's when they decided to give these patients the drugs and went, oh, see, it didn't work, which it, this should be criminal. It really should be when you have people over in France. Uh, there was another study somewhere as well, I believe, that they treated a bunch of patients early on and within days they were free of the virus. And a lot of these studies seem to be leaving out key parts of it, like using zinc. But with all that said, the science still needs to be figured out. But I will say that you need to, when you know somebody has this virus, one, try to mitigate it quickly with some kind of medication because you don't know who's going to be the one that it's going to turn deadly in. So, I mean, I understand the majority of people won't, but if you wait until it's so bad, to try to medicate it, you might have missed the window where you, if you would have started taking the medications early on, you could have saved that person. And the other thing is, like you said, we have areas of the United States that don't have a lot of cases. And I understand this is maybe radical thinking, but they do have hospitals and it's not something that kills people within days or hours. We could move people from New York and Chicago into the hospitals in the outlying areas that don't have people in order to keep the hospitals from being overflow uh, overflowing and that i get i mean new york there's only so many beds in the city and if everybody gets sick at once you have a problem but with that said there are alternatives it's not I mean, like is that it's new york is that really a problem i don't know put everybody on a oh, subway car they're, so. they're still riding on subway cars and i mean i saw a guy that well, there was an article the other day oh, a guy talks about a flight from hell they're shoulder to shoulder and nobody's wearing masks it's like then why are you on the plane asshole you don't have to yeah. fly I, <laughs> I i i don't even fly when everybody's healthy because the experience is awful i know so it's like i don't get it i mean you're you're taking that you're doing the risk you know you're deciding what you're willing to go through and it's like, hey, if I can stay home, I'm doing that because I have nowhere to go. I'm a podcaster, so I'm yeah, not leaving. But, the, I'm not leaving the but, house. But the thing is, people are not being allowed to make their own decisions or calculate the risk anymore. Because, yes, in some places, because some. I mean, this is this is ultimately the problem with with the shift to authoritarianism and and the the scary level of compliance with it that we've been seeing is that some people are bad at calculating risk and do stupid things and rather than every other generation that we've ever had where we let stupid people make stupid decisions and then they remove themselves from the gene pool and society is better off for it now we have this idea that we have to enforce safety 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 is the number one goal of every buddy in our, our modern society anymore and right. it is unattainable and the problem is that because some people will ba make bad decisions, that the solution that is being proposed, especially by the kind of people who really think that government, which is made up of people and shouldn't, and but it, government somehow is is better than any individual uh, at at making decisions. Uh, newsflash: It's not, and so government is refusing to let people calculate risk for themselves. Um, I. I'm about to go into a whole rant. So what did I interrupt? Well, I just want to point out that one of the stories that I heard yesterday on the Bill O'Reilly newscast 
was about New York and the amount of deaths that they've had in the uh, nursing homes, which this is we've heard this everywhere around the world. These were the areas where if the infection got in, it was bad because you have a lot of people who are elderly, obviously, and a lot of them have pre-existing health conditions. And in the state of New York, New York City, their law was, you know, I don't know how this was legislated, but this was something that came down from the government. Badly. Yes, badly, very badly. If a elderly resident of one of these nursing homes was at a doctor or went to the hospital and was found to be COVID-19 positive, but they weren't sick enough necessarily to be taking up a bed, but they had COVID. They were very much so spreading the disease. They were contagious. You know what they did with them? They sent them back to the nursing homes. Uh, well, I mean, if, if it's already a plague den. <laughs> but it wasn't. That's the, you oh, know, that's well. again, you're sending the people that you knowingly have the contagion back into the nursing home. But asshole Mayor de Blasio has been all over Trump not doing enough soon enough. And this asshole is sending infected elderly people back into nursing homes to infect other elderly people. Well, I mean, that's that's the rant that I was just going off about, which is that uh, the kind of person who refuses any form of personal responsibility or personal risk management is looking to the government to manage their risk for you. But here's the dark secret. The government, well, first of all, the government is not a person. The the government is made up of a bunch of people, all of whom have their own motivations, and none of them give a fuck about you. Every once in a while, an altruist makes it into the government and starts to, you know, spends a couple years trying to introduce reforms or and eventually the the depth of bureaucracy will will eventually either drive them out and they realize that they can do a lot better in in private charity yeah or it turns them cynical and ultimately the government is made up of a bunch of people who are not properly incentivized they they there is no there's no accountability nobody in you know the police are not accountable to stop crime they they i mean it's theoretically their job but if crime happens they're like eh, uh it happened that nobody no if, if the cop if a cop watches somebody mug you on the street, they'd be like, eh, I'm on break. And you can go get his body camera footage and show it to a judge and say, this cop just watched me get beat to death and have my, uh, you know, like uh, to death, maybe not. But and you can show that to a judge and the judge will be like, yeah, but the cop is not liable for you being safe. And you're like, then why do we give them guns and take it away from everyone else? If 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 the government is not responsible for keeping me safe, then stop taking away my ability to manage my own. But as DigiGuru is pointing out, everybody wants these localities now want people to wear masks and you're going to start getting arrested if you're outside without a mask, which is why I believe the biggest industry that's going to still be hurt long term by this will be restaurants because you can't wear a mask and eat. I mean, unless somebody has figured out a whole new technology that watch watch me <laughs> if you can do that if you can figure out to have somebody not be able Lots to breathe. Of soup <laughs> it is yeah i guess soup and a straw is that uh, uh broth based foods 
every table has a, one of those like we have here the uh the blender i forget who the name of the brand name they, they, that can like liquefy nearly anything well here you want your hamburger here you go and then you have the table you have your blender you just put the hamburger in and then or, or they or they just put it in front of you and then you stare at it for a bit and kind of absorb some food by osmosis it's like homeopathic calories that may be it so the restaurants are where it's going to be a problem when people are afraid to deal with people with without masks on and there's no doubt this thing is spread through the air i read a study the other day that came out of china but it seemed legit out of one hospital so there where they just tested rid of all the air yeah just get rid of all the air we, if we have a vacuum we'll all be safe yeah. and that would probably be much you won't have to worry about burying people if you got rid of all the oxygen because then it would yeah. it would be preserved so i mean there's well, that to an extent but they did there's, a study there's, on there's a lot of biological stuff that goes on inside of a human independent of what they're that after they die that i mean there's some disturbing stuff going on yeah i don't want a lot to, of bacteria i don't want to okay, dwell upon that. that but <laughs> the areas in this hospital that were infected were i mean it was really no surprise uh, but they did testing, you know, swab testing of objects and the floor, and they also used devices to test the air in certain parts of the hospital. And in the ICU, the highest concentration, of course, of the virus in the air, as opposed to the normal COVID area, the people that weren't in ICU was less. But the interesting thing was it this this concept that it only travels six feet or so and that's your safety zone complete and utter crap also people well, of course it is don't understand Actually, not crap conjecture yes and the interesting and, and they they thing, didn't have any information and people were uh, people here's what happened people were asking you know a bureaucrat goes to a scientist and says uh i need to force something on the people what have you got and he's like well I think you'll be a little bit safe if you stay a little far apart. Well, how far? Uh, I don't know. Um, hundred yards. Okay, six feet. Everybody has to be six feet apart, and and then you get policy. But the hospital floors, and I don't think this should be a surprise to anybody. The floors were were a place that even in the pharmacy of this hospital, they found quite a bit of the virus because it makes sense. That if you're walking through areas, and that was one of the recommendations then, was anybody in one of these hot zones in the area where they're dealing with the COVID patients, they should sanitize the bottom of their shoes before leaving the area. Because this, again, is a way for these this stuff to spread, and then it's picked up. So, Or, or and, and this is the kind of free advice you can get on Grumpy Old Ben's, don't lick the floors. Well, you don't lick the floors, but... Good. Well, good because don't. You certainly then I mean, don't want to. You yeah. don't want to put down anything on the floor, which you probably shouldn't anyway. But if you're carrying a bag or something, oh, let me put. You know, I have to put my gloves on, so I put the bag down on the floor. Bad idea. Floor is bad. How, how how do people go around not realizing that floors are dirty? That's that's what they. I mean, people go walk around. You, even if there was no virus in the air, people walk around outside. There's bacteria outside. And then they walk inside and they don't sterilize their shoes as they walk through the door because that would be ridiculous. No Floors floor to mouth. Are not clean. Yeah, no floor to mouth. No. Stop licking your shoes. <laughs> Unless that's what you're into. I mean, that's if you want to well, get the virus. You know, the, 
actually uh foot fetish is that is a valid kink there's there's a lot of people out there who are very very into feet uh i'm not one of them but uh what i will say is uh soap and water wash those feet before you stick them in your mouth i'm i don't judge but be be a little bit safe you can use the isopropyl alcohol on the outside of your feet that's yeah, okay if you want really cracked dry feet yeah <laughs> yeah but it would take care of the virus quickly yeah quickly uh, you, you know yeah and you could just go stand in a puddle of acid and that would probably get rid of the virus too that's going to hurt your skin a little bit more <laughs> maybe breaking bad didn't uh, the teach long you run, anything the isopropyl alcohol is not much better no but i mean it's a quick you know a quick wiping something down which probably makes sense if you're if you're working in a place like a hospital you might want to wipe down the bottom of your shoes before going home like you said yeah but if if you're if you're settling down for a snuggle session you've got some time just go you know soap and water scrub for 20 seconds it's it's actually quite effective and doesn't screw up your skin and there's no reason to to just do a quick dip if you're if you're going to be spending the next few days in uh or hours in bed doing i I don't really want like where my brain is going why does it do this to me it's just what's up there but that's it i mean you know if you're if you don't have people coming into your house and you're careful with what you're bringing in you're not going to get this disease the question is when will it be safe to go back out into the wild uh it's it's pretty damn safe right now because there's no one out there (laughs) right nobody's out there you're all in there and these the percentages except for one story i read that no proof whatsoever was a woman who had i think it was 18 foster children that 17 of them got the infection from her if you believe that that was the only story i've ever read where the numbers were anywhere over 20 percent i think we talked about in one of the previous episodes that original cruise ship that was infected had a 17 percent rate the navy ship that was uh the roosevelt that was just infected the 4800 or so sailors seamen if you will that 800 or so shown it were to have the tested positive which again under 20 percent they tested family members in china of people who had the virus under 20 percent they had a german town where they tested like three or four hundred people under 20 percent california just tested a whole town under 20 percent so if this is such a contagious disease why aren't more people getting it was it uh because human biology is sufficiently varied that there it, it statistically somebody is going to be resistant to just about everything but is it possible that like 75 percent of the human race is actually immune to this thing uh it's possible um it's unlikely i don't have any facts here i'm just offering you conjecture well it but, doesn't matter but my conjecture is better than most that's all i'm saying <laughs> hey and i've got meat now i've got meat in the freezer something we didn't have last week yes and meat uh, is good okay uh <laughs> so do you want to do you want to talk about your your shopping experience if, yeah for my meat um well i decided to try aldi and this was a completely different system that aldi uses but i was like well okay one thing that aldi gives you is that the meat they have on the shelves is already vacuum packed so that's a plus if you're looking to freeze it over normal grocery stores who just put it you know on the styrofoam and wrap the you know the wrapping on top of it so yeah. i went into aldi 
it, it was both great and horrible at the same time their online <laughs> shopping experience because i went in and i'm like well let's see what they have in meat and they so were you, show- you went in virtually you didn't yes. go into a physical store correct because that would be insane okay i wanted to test all of the shop at home things since we've done meyer which is meyer and shipped which they lost me the first time but really won me back the second time we had the other little grocery store here burkhats that you placed the order like 10 12 days in advance then they didn't have the meat which was really annoying which is why we went back to the other one so I'm, okay aldi i'm like let's see if we can get some steaks from aldi and i went online and these are individual per store where they're showing either in stock or out of stock and obviously this is a part of their system they need to fix because it showed that they had like two different types of steaks ordered both of those with alternatives to other things that were in steak but they were other meat-based product like okay if you don't have this give me this and since i was ordering wait, that wait. Meat based product, or was it meat? Because it was meat. There is a difference. Yes. yes. I'm just, it was like ground beef, stuff, whatever it was. Okay. It was other beef, but it wasn't it's necessarily like, the same like, quality like steak. Mystery meat, like plant based meat. No, you don't know, yeah, none of that plant based stuff. That stuff will kill you. And well, since we were getting that, I'm like, well, let's order a few other things with it. And the oddest thing was rather than the other places, which the one small store, like you said, 10 or 12 days out. Meyer usually it was you know next day you know 24 hours plus out and they only have minimal openings and you had to grab them pretty early in the day so the Aldi thing I went in and they have a thing like well just as soon as possible or I could have chosen times for the following day this was like three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm like well whatever fast and whatever the soonest possible is place the order about five minutes later your order is being filled I'm like holy crap I mean, that was unexpected in a time where you're reading articles that you can't even get grocery delivery to your house. So I was surprised about that. And then came, you know, you're watching as item by item was being picked and everything's fine. Everything's dandy until the stakes. And I get a text from the guy. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait they, they actually have feedback item by item. Yes. That's, item. I mean, item like is is your shopper wearing a buddy cam or they or is he must just tw- like live tweeting yeah that too because you could talk to the guy while he's doing the shopping which is fantastic when it really came down to it except it's good for the customer experience but it it sounds like it would double the amount of time it would take to go on a shopping trip it kind of would unless of course if you have nothing that needs to have a uh, you know a substitution made it should be a pretty quick and easy thing but he gets up okay, to the substitutions meat. Substitutions are, yeah, feedback is helpful there. Yes. And that's really the only time you need it. It wasn't, he wasn't literally oh. tweeting like. Well, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, are, are you getting like a notif- notifications on your phone? Okay. Picked up the beans you wanted. Okay. Here's, here's the, the tortillas you were looking for. But okay, you can, uh, you can and, see and it. I, you can I got see the that. Trojan brand extra small condoms. That was for you. I was sending them out to you. But okay. They, the system shows it. So he's not actually texting that. But I'm assuming like our grocery store here, Meyer. I have never done this, but if you have their app, and I know you love the apps, you can actually use your phone to scan the barcodes of the items as you're going up and down the aisle. And when you get to the door, they will just give you your total. You don't have to scan it at the door. You don't have to go through one of those checkout lines. They will just, you pay there. You go up to one of the uh, registers and it reads the barcode off your phone, a little QR code or something gives you the total and you don't have to rescan all the items so i'm assuming that's what this guy was doing 
in the Aldi was has a little device when he picked up. Oh, look, they want some cereal. Boop. There it is. It's in the cart. Now it's showing that it was picked. Well, <laughs> that's great until he gets to the meat and he sends me a picture of the shelf. Nothing. Not a thing. No, not like not. no shelf or just no meat on it. <laughs> the shelves are there. The meat, however, like, like is a picture of just staring into the void. Yes, kind of of a of empty steak and meat shelves. He's just like, yeah, no steak at all. And I'm like, well, I don't mean to be a dick, but I'm just going to cancel the whole thing then because uh, the only reason I was getting the other stuff was because we were ordering the steaks. And I guess the secret here it would, seems like the kind of thing you'd want to lead with in the interest of not wasting someone's time kind of but you would also think that their system wouldn't be that far off that if it would if this was something that was actually filled the next day or hours later but literally moments after the order was placed and then their website was still showing in stock on those items so yay aldi and i tried to get the guy a tip but he's like well once it's canceled he, he had never done this before he's like well i'll contact customer service i've never had to cancel oh, so, an order wait a minute so you this is a dude's first order ever and no, and no i don't you, think his first you order ever you were like you were like i want you to go out and try out your new job but fuck you i'm not even giving you any money no it Th- wasn't his that, first order ever it was the first is, time he's- his jobs in 2020 that is the gig economy in a nutshell <laughs> kind of he said it was the first time he's ever had to cancel an order that anybody wanted to totally cancel the order because they didn't have items and uh, no. like again i wanted to give the guy a tip i would have sent him five or ten bucks just for spending the five minutes that's, picking up the first few items but uh, unfortunately you you are an unreasonable boomer who actually wants what they want if you were a good little millennial you would just meekly accept whatever they brought you and like it if they would have had meat i would have gone with that but we're see. i mean now again the new story you're, you're unreasonably picky you're not willing to accept vegetable based meat exactly because that's not meat but you're seeing the news stories now global famine coming but if you read the articles they're not saying in the united states but with that said it's scaring the hell out of people because we have a bunch of headline readers and people that don't really pay attention to the minutiae of the stories but you're seeing multiple meat plants closing smithfield a couple of them and then purdue i think or tyson was closing a beef plant and it seems as we've heard of no agenda that there are boots on the ground people that are working in these industries that are going yeah there may be a meat shortage i'm, I'm already seeing it because obviously aldi had not one steak when we ordered from the other place a week and a half ago not one steak and it's that is that is worrisome for people when you're going down i mean toilet paper is one thing i mean you could use the new york times i mean you could use a hose you could do a lot of things to clean your ass you can't just shut any everything in your mouth and uh and call it protein uh, well that that depends on how many other people you're living with and how what the minimum number uh, is that that you would need to continue living with before you go insane that is true that is true I mean, there, there there is other meat i'm i'm glancing over here at my cat right now oh yeah, and it's old though, so I mean the meat probably yeah. wouldn't be all that tender. So, but I got I'm going to go ahead and contrast this with with my la- latest shopping experience. Um, let's see if if you can follow. I mean, I, I, technology is grand and amazing, and and we are clearly living in the future. But here's what I did the last time we needed groceries. Yeah, um, I got a piece of paper. Yeah, and a pen. Yeah, <laughs> you and you draw, drew a piece down. of steak and then you just ate the paper. We. We wrote down a list of all of the things that we needed from the store. 
And my wife and I agreed on the list. And by agreed, I mean, she actually wrote the list and handed it to me. And if you came back with something wrong. And then I went to the store and went in without a mask, by the way, because I'm a manly man and my immune system owns viruses. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. If you do end up getting COVID and, and passing on, I will play this at your funeral. <laughs> Okay, it's good. It's good that somebody will be there. <laughs> and then I collected going. all the stuff I needed into a cart. Yeah. And if there was something that they didn't have that was on my list, then fuck it, we're not getting it. And then I came out and I paid cash because cash is for real people. And the actually the all the other people in line who were wearing masks looked at me like, "Oh my god, you're not wearing a mask. What the fuck is wrong with you?" And then the cashier like takes my cash by one corner and puts it into the drawer and then immediately goes for the hand sanitizer next to it. (laughs) And then I pushed my cart back out to the car, loaded the stuff in the car, came home and then uh, for the stuff I didn't get. And I was like, yeah, they didn't have this. Oh, well you should have got that. And I'm like, then you should have been with me. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't accept substitutions here. But see, by the way, I made all of that up. Frankly, my, my wife controls my life far more than that, but she's allowed to. She's the only one. But you see, you are not as qualified as the people that are doing my shopping because they actually text me and like, uh, here, do you want this instead? You should have done that to your wife. Well, here you go. They don't yeah. have this. Oh, oh, I, I'm sorry. The part of the story that I forgot is the entire time I was in the store, my phone was right here on my desk <laughs> where was, it should be. It was hard to get in touch with you. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> we, we went the easier route because I figured... You know, these, the local grocery stores are having problems with meat. You know who would definitely have meat? A meatpacking company. Yeah. So we ordered. Uh, this, this is the part, by the way, where when, when they're talking about all of the big meatpackers that are all shutting down and, and closing it, this is the part where I urge you to support your local farms. Uh, we, have, we have dairies around here. We have local meatpackers. We uh, support local if you can. Come on, DigiGuru. I have, I have people bring me the meat. Why would I go out and get meat? The meat comes to me. He, he's, he's thinking you're tougher for going out and, uh, and getting your own meat. I'm, I'm pretty sure I said as much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you did, too. But now I have a freezer full of meat because the local... Well, then all's well that ends well. It is. It is. And they're, they're all vacuum packed. So I got some T-bones. I got some strip steaks. Even got some liver sausage and bacon. I mean, we're good for... Uh, for a while and liver uh, bacon bacon liver bacon no not it's liver okay. bacon yeah. liver oh. sausage and bacon different oh. <laughs> different <laughs> items okay different Sorry, items. I'm, I'm easily confusable right now but see so rather in than going in and worrying when you go into a grocery store like are they going to have the meat i want or are they going to have enough and all of these places now seem to be limiting it, that's not really the case with the people that only sell meat they're like oh you want like 30 steaks <laughs> We're there tomorrow. We'll bring them. Cool. And no problem. See, the what people don't realize is the grocery stores actually have all the meat you could want, uh, especially mutton, because you go in there and the stores are completely full of sheep with masks. <laughs> Chirac can try to swallow me, DigiGuru. I've got my Sig Sauer and my uh, Taurus for a backup. I'm, I'm not going out without a blaze of glory. I'm just saying. And I'm not wearing a mask either. Again, so should we i don't have a mask should, should we do a story like actual technology 
Well, technology is just so annoying. Well, you know what? There is one thing in technology. I mentioned it on Random Thoughts. I wanted to mention it quickly here. The Folding at Home Project. I knew this was around like 10 years ago. And have you ever played around with this thing at I, all? I, I did. actually when I, was in, when I was in college and my, uh, my power, you, uh, you know, electricity was completely free because you just paid your, your dorm room fees. Oh, man. Um, I, I actually, I, I had two computers and I got beefy CPUs. And actually, now that I think about it, I was, uh, I was on SETI at home at the time. But yeah, for you, I, I I reduced my usage of these things when well two things happened. One was I got out on my own and started paying uh, per kilowatt for my own electricity, and second was CPUs changed to the point. You know, a lot of people might not realize that back in the day, uh, in you know the nineties, um, you you got yourself a, a four eighty six or a Pentium CPU. You turn that thing on and it just spins at full clock speed. Uh, using up maximum amount of power no matter what there there was no variation right and if you weren't doing anything with the cpu it was just spinning there in a tight loop doing nothing and it was burning all the same power so it made perfect sense to be like okay well i'm going to use this to compute something and that's kind of where uh seti at home and then folding at home it came from was people every computer is using all these spare cycles uh, and, and they're, they're using it in, you know, the, the, the code that it was running when you're not doing anything else is effectually, you know, it's like 10, go to 10. It, that's what it is. It's, it's go to the instruction. Now do it again over and over billions of times per second. Well, modern CPUs nowadays will, if, if there's, if it goes into an idle state and there's no processing to be done, they will actually spin down and use a tiny fraction of the amount of power as when they're spun up so there's actually a real power level difference in terms of electricity consumed between i'm computing something and my computer is just sitting here displaying porn yeah and i was surprised because of that because of electricity rates are pretty good here in the Chirac area which is one of the few things i guess we have cheap here but i was kind of surprised that people we're still doing this folding at home thing, which is a very altruistic thing. It's all for good. You're donating for things like finding cures for COVID and other diseases. Whereas yeah. you could be using your CPU to try to mine Bitcoin or any other various yeah. coin. Or, or or by visiting certain websites, you you are inadvertently using your CPU to mine Bitcoin. Yeah, right. Well, that's called malware. But the fact that folding at home has so many people using it which is the one of the reasons it hit the news was that it was like what 2.5 exaflops or something of computing power it was a massive amount of computing power at its disposal and the only way to try to even put this into a a box to try to get anybody to understand how much power they have at their disposal right now is they said if you took the top 500 supercomputers on earth and combined their capability folding at home still has more right now which is uh actually it's kind of fascinating to think about that that system as a supercomputer but it is behaving as one it's it, it might well be the world's biggest botnet yes but doing good instead of bad well uh, it, it, that depends on your perspective <laughs> maybe i mean you have to trust the people running it 
obviously. I mean, if, if you if you're the if you're the Chinese scientist who developed COVID nineteen, maybe you're like <laughs> I, it hasn't spread as far as I want. I don't need you to solve this. I don't need you to find a cure yet. Then then it's not so good. That uh, I'm reaching, kind of. <laughs> but this is something I looked because uh, yeah, there's teams, and I remember this way back in the day from the uh, before Twit. What was the the name of the show? The screensavers. I remember them touting this, if, unless I'm just totally making this thing up, and they had a, you know, a team. So I just looked, I searched for no agenda, and there was a no agenda social team. So I joined that along with our buddy Cold Acid and Big Loaf and DC Girl and a few other people that were on there. Uh, so if anybody is interested in helping out the Folding at Home cause, you can go to foldingathome.org, and the team number is 249537. Join the fun and try to sell, try to solve this coronavirus problem and do they have an app you can install they i'm sure they do <laughs> it's a uh it's a program i still call them on windows can, but they have can, they have it can, for can windows I install this can i install this on my android phone because i've always wanted to see the battery percentages drop in real time yeah not for your mobile devices that would melt them but windows mac linux feel free it's there and do something good for humanity and uh, one of the people on No Agenda Social forgot who it was. Blue, I think it was Blue uh, Blue Douche, whatever the guy. What's the guy's name? Uh, uh, no Agenda Social. Like he was just like, ah, screw humanity. <laughs> like, I, oh. just, I understand the sentiment. <laughs> I, 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 I've definitely had times when I'm like, yeah, we're 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 too corrupt to exist anymore. I think it might be time to just, you know, I, it, it's the this the first inclination of of any good it guy is uh you know humanity's broken can we just turn it off and turn it on again yes that's kind of what it is but is it so i do have one little rant too that oh uh, is it is it too yeah, i don't want to be the only one is it too rich white guy privileged to be pissed in this time of pandemic and famine Probably. and horror uh is it, is it really bad to be outraged that hulu changed their user interface on the roku no, no. It's as, as any it, as any good American has the right to be pissy about really inconsequential things. So go on. I mean, you go in. You're just so used to opening it up and going exactly I mean, I where you want. Software updates, right? You just want to go exactly where you want and just start up the show. And no, now you have to like scroll down and go to a different. It's 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 horrible. I don't know who comes up with these new user interfaces or why they think they're important. It was kind of like when Netflix started with the constantly, anytime you rolled over anything to start a preview with audio, this is just horrible. Hulu. If anybody at Hulu's listening, screw you. Your new user interface sucks. I, I will tell you that uh, my, my Star Trek discovery experiment on CBS all access is. Well, you didn't pay for all access, did you? No, no, we're we're in our thirty day free trial, and I'm gonna binge uh, Discovery and and maybe Picard if I can stomach it, and then be done with it. Uh, but uh, the CBS All Access uh, web app is actually for the first time ever making me feel like the Netflix UI might not be entirely bad. <laughs> this is worse. It's it somehow, yeah. I, uh, okay, the so. Their show, the stream itself, the shows have like a 10 second ad for CBS All Access at the beginning of the show and then another one at the end of the show. Now, they don't have interstitial ads. I would fucking turn that shit. I, I, I can't watch anything with interstitial ads, but it's it is infuriating enough 
to have an ad at the beginning and end of the stream. The ad is not for some product that's paid for. It's a house ad. It is an ad for CBS All Access. Now, how do you go and watch this show? CBS All Access. Yeah. So clearly, I already know about your service, you dumbasses. The only thing I can guess, the ones on the stream, the ones that are actually part of the file, is when you pirate the show, which of course people are going to (laughs) do, they need to tell you this is where it came from. That's the only thing I can come up with. Like the only rational reason for needing to include an ad on the only service you can legally get it is they're trying to convince people who are downloading it illegally that, hey, you could go to go pay for this service and get uh, the, the same show with a worse UI. But here's the ad that drives me fucking nuts. When I'm on Netflix and I'm watching a show, you know, uh, Star Trek Discovery, the, the one thing that I will absolutely give it without any reservation is that visually, technologically, uh, these are, they, they have the outside the ship shots. They have the, the shots of various astronomical phenomena. They have the space battles. Visually, it is amazing. It, it's like everything that Gene Roddenberry wanted to do in order to show grand shots of things in space they can do now in this show and they've got it's it's uh, really pretty and when you go in and you want to pause because you know they've got a like they had a really cool cg shot full screen of a black hole in one of the episodes and i'm like that is pretty amazing like that's something that you don't even get on astronomy picture of the day and so i just want to pause it and look at it So here's what happens in the CBS All Access UI when you hit the pause button. An overlay. You No, worse. The entire screen shrinks down to a little rectangle about one inch by an inch and a half in the bottom corner of the screen and is replaced entirely with a giant blue banner that says CBS All Access. (laughs) As if I didn't fucking know where I was watching this. I want to look at the screen without it moving, but you can't. You cannot pause it and look at the screen because the moment you pause it, they shrink the screen and think, oh, you really, really wanted to watch this fucking logo. (laughs) That's the first I've ever seen your mic level go into the red for an extended period of time. (laughs) You're you're upset about this. Star Trek gets my juices flowing, okay? I did. I talked about this on the piracy episode, I believe. And I did finally try a one month of the uh, the real debrid, I believe was the name of this. Uh, I'm sure totally legal website somewhere that uh, allows you to you know all these download sites that you go to. And they're like, hey, join now and you can get super fast downloads or this is only for premium. All of those types of sites that you, you pay one like four bucks a month and they let you download from nearly anywhere. It actually seems to work fairly well. So may I recommend to you possibly instead of actually watching anything on CBS access, allegedly you could go a different route and and get that content where you can control it. And when you push pause, it would just stay on your screen and you could see the pretty picture. You know, I actually kind of like the VLC UI. Yeah, this VLC works well because not really ready to install an app. Just letting you know right, right there, but uh, you know the this. I, I'm thinking this web thing; it might have some staying power. It could be around for a while. It is. It will be around for a so, while, and I am going to convert my 
I bought, you know, to, for the wife to try and well, just to play around with one of the new Raspberry Pis. And it turns out as a desktop, it's probably not great as far as just the overall usability of it. So I'm turning it into a Cody box and I ordered a remote for it that I'll have over the weekend. So that'll be something new to play around with. And the nice thing with these kind of devices, then, well, you could use VPNs and all that kind of stuff and just stream. And of course, this, uh, you know, this real debrid kind of thing, too, where you can just then go in and watch things as they stream down, which is kind of an intriguing concept, too. It is like a, uh, you know, a pirate box from hell. So we'll report back on that one. And, uh, you know, you want to use a VPN and malware bytes just released a VPN service just for Windows so far, which I'm finding intriguing because, I mean, malware bytes is one of the few programs I will run on my machine every now and then just to, you know, decrapify it. And they seem to have a really good reputation as far as the malware detection goes. And they're not just buying VPN service, they're saying, from somebody. So they're not just going to a NordVPN or, a, you know, one of these other big VPN services and rebranding. They're actually building one from the ground up. So it's going to be interesting to see how their service, well, one, they're saying they're not keeping logs, but the the data is not really there yet again brand new service so it's going to be interesting to see exactly where they're located as far as you know the mothership if they can if they're in the four eyes or five eyes or 13 eyes all these different jurisdictions but they're bundling it which is the interesting thing bundling it with you know the the malware bytes pro premium whatever they're calling it so it's an interesting package deal where none of the other vpns will have that part of it like hey take the vpn but we'll also give you malware bytes pro so it's going to be an interesting pairing between the two do you like malware bytes do you run it or i i like malware yes just malware or malware bytes oh i well i mean there malware is definitely more interesting when you arrange the bytes together and then you execute them but i i mean oh i'm sorry what were we talking about yeah malware i look look forward to I, I actually don't run any cleaners on my system, uh, mostly because I have an intimate enough knowledge of how Windows works that I'm capable of going into RegEdit myself. Uh, but uh, I, if if you trust whoever wrote the cleaner to know what the hell they were doing, then it's good. But there's a lot of quote unquote cleaners out there that that will fuck up your system pretty badly. In fact. Uh, Everything that purported to clean the registry was, uh, it was, it was a four letter word back when I was working on windows. Well, yeah. One little mistake. Well, I mean, if, if you're working on windows, here's, here's your, your primary interaction with, with anything in the, the same category as malware bytes is you get a bug report. Something's broken. Okay. So now you go off and you spend three days trying to figure it out and be like, I cannot get this bug to reproduce. I don't have any idea. Can you uh, send me, you know, can you send me a, a copy of your registry hive or can you send me the system or, you know, and, and you have to go back and forth with the uh, customer and you have to figure out, and by the way, these are all enterprise customers because of course, Microsoft doesn't offer any kind of tech support to regular people. But the enterprise customers are also very, very demanding. They're like, I, we have to have this system going today because you're costing us money. We can't ship without it. And okay, fine. It's a super critical database program that, that you, I mean, 
and so they take the entire box and the box are right, like i'll come in in the morning and at a fucking computer is just sitting there and it's like this is the computer from such and such company and they want you to figure out so i go in and the first thing i do is i try to run it like yeah okay it is showing up on this machine why and i start checking through and i dig through configs and i realize that some jerk off it person who could not leave well enough alone was like oh we don't need this section in the registry let's just delete it well there's your bug so <laughs> if your cleaner is actually going through and making things better then i'm all for it because the registry is is a scary source of software rot in windows see but so many of them don't so many of them will go in and be like oh you really don't need this and then you fucking break something important and then and then the worst part is that nobody the, not the customer not the people who made the registry cleaner not the it guy who decided to to increase efficiency by 0.1 percent by deleting the database uh nobody understands the system well enough to go oh that's why it failed no it's oh something failed and then something failed turns into our oh, windows is an unstable piece of shit when you broke it but it's windows fault oh and i fully agree on the registry cleaner I and mean, when i say malware bytes is a cleaner it is more along the lines of an antivirus it's an anti-malware that will scan files not the registry but still good advice there from you malware. So, uh, i actually have good news you do in case anybody thinks that we on grumpy old bens are nothing but cynical actually people don't think the people might think i am but i think you're pretty balanced uh i wanted to bring up some stories that actually make me happy free porn for everybody oh that was, uh, yes but that's old news Pornhub's been around for a while <laughs> speaking uh, of speaking of the crypto miners and uh and yeah, the- <laughs> speaking of using up your cpu for <laughs> uh-huh Hey, you know what? Using my CPU to transcode porn is that is a public service. I, I'm okay with that one. Uh, no, Proton Mail uh, recently converted their. They published the source of their Android app under GPL, which actually makes Proton Mail be all all of their clients are now open source. Their iOS went open source last year. Uh, their web client has been open source since 2015. Uh, my I, I have complained about the idea of Proton Mail on this show before, and and I need to to retract some of that because it seems to be a perfectly upstanding service. And I know a lot of people out there who are like, "Oh, Google is terrible, and you know this is terrible, and everybody's screwing with your privacy." Go to Proton Mail. And my first reaction to that is, okay, so this one big monolithic company is fucking with your privacy and so you're going to a different monolithic company in order to fix it and that always didn't sit well with me because especially when all their apps were closed source um you 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 are relying exclusively on how much you trust proton mail to not fuck with you and every indication was that they were not fucking with people and a lot of people who know a lot about security and and privacy were touting it but i couldn't get past the fact that uh we had no way to verify they were doing what they were doing well and what they were saying what they were saying they were doing was hey we can't even read your emails yeah well now with all of their clients being open source that is a huge step toward being able to verify that in fact they are doing what they're they say they're doing and i've got to give this company props for 
getting out there and putting uh, consumer confidence ahead of the uh, Silicon Valley idea of proprietary trade secrets. Uh, they they have my applause. It makes uh, they they've already put, uh, submitted it to a third party security audit. Um, I didn't get the name of the auditing company, but you can you can check out their GitHub. Uh, it's github.com slash proton mail is all of their projects. And they do uh they they've they seem to have jumped through all exactly the right hoops. So uh I'm I'm just happy that I, I my my big concerns were I don't know what you're doing and I can't verify, and now I can verify. So and what proton mail. I, what a lot of people were questioning too, they have free services, you know, like Google, and everybody just assumes Free service means you're using us as the to be served ads. You're making money off the people somehow that way. And it, it appears that's not what Proton Mail is doing. It appears they're just using the that's kind of old school because they're using the limited free account in the hopes that you're going to become a paying customer for the bigger accounts. And they're also yeah. hoping that when you send an email to somebody, just like they see, you know, bemrose at gmail.com if such an address existed now if they see bemrose yeah. at protonmail.com at, at protonmail.com is great marketing yes and that's enough to have free accounts and not get ads and not have your data intercepted and it's it's just as easy to use as gmail i mean i don't use it regularly but i've tested it out and the apps seem to work fairly well and now that they're open source I even better I, I like that you call it the old school business model because the the idea of giving away something that is slightly feature limited for free with the idea that you unlock new features by paying. Uh, back in the day, we used to call that crippleware and uh, <laughs> some some really really shady practices where it's like, uh, yeah, you can't save unless you pay. Right. Uh, has gave gave a really bad name to the idea. Like there there are certain things that this this thing is completely useless without and. Uh, some, you know, it turns out programmers being human, some of them are total douchebags. And uh, the funny thing is, I think that th that practice is one of the things that led to services like Gmail, where the the business model is, yeah, it's free all the time. And uh, we're just collecting some unimportant data you're shedding. Right. And we'll just show you an ad here or there. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. People buy so into it. I had one other feel-good story. Uh, this one's a little bit more political, but I have to do it anyway. And it it is very, very close to home. Uh, is Snohomish County, Washington, which is north of Seattle. Um, the sheriff, uh, who he posted this to to his Facebook page, but fortunately, uh, the I I got the text of it without having to visit that site. Um, but uh, Governor Jay Fucking Inslee of Washington, um went up and did a big long-winded speech where uh he kind of hemmed and hawed and effectively he he did not give an end date to the state lockdown he he has decided that uh the lockdown must continue until we're confident everybody can be safe and i've already said a couple times that's impossible the only way that you can guarantee everybody is safe is you kill everyone and some people might not consider that terribly safe, depending on where you think you're going after you die. But I digress. This isn't religion. Um, the sheriff of Snohomish County, uh, Adam Fortney, has decided that he 
uh, having read the Constitution and realizing that Jay Inslee is trying to enforce unconstitutional limits on the First Amendment freedom of association, has decided that in Snohomish County, his office is not going to enforce the lockdown order. Uh, that's, I tell you what, I'm going to vote for that guy next when he goes up for re-election. Now, he might get shot down because this county is completely full of leftist sheep. But he's not but, actually going to get shot because leftists don't have guns. Well, fortunately, no. He just might get voted out <laughs> because the county is full of leftist sheep who now firmly believe that he is costing millions of lives in the county never mind that there aren't even a million people in the county but but somehow millions of people are going to die in the like we're going to import people from other states just to kill them with covid now that this guy has decided that he wants to value the constitution he swore an oath to rather than than fealty to a governor who's overreaching his power the lockdowns must continue (laughs) until donald trump has been defeated yes Yes, or or at least until Bill Gates can manage to inject all of us with whatever it is that speaking of of closed source, Bill Gates <laughs> fucking vaccine. Don't trust that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. The injectable vaccine. Well, we'll give you a chip. It'll be great. But he doesn't he doesn't vaccinate his children, but he wants to vaccinate the world. And uh, when you hear that the original name of their foundation was bill and melinda gates uh, foundation for population control the population control is a very worrisome area of science funny thing is if he wasn't a billionaire the the i mean when we were growing up who who were the ones that were picked on yeah little nerd weaklings like that dumbass would have been the first one up against the wall if he didn't have all the money all these people are sucking him off because they want some of his money which he got not doing any, not doing having anything to do with philanthropy. He got by taking uh, software and extorting it for money from people for it. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm, yes. Net, net, this is we, not a Bill Gates show. Yeah, it is not the Bill Gates hour. We did talk about net net earlier. The hydrochloroquine study that they're saying it failed, being complete and utter utter bullcrap because it was only given to patients who are about to die. This is again. Very important things to take any of the news in context. Uh, One thing where there's really no misunderstanding is a zero-day warning on the magnificent Apple iPhones and iPads with something that they're now saying has been out in the wild for a couple of years, which really, we talked about this before, too, in Grumpy Old Ben's when Apple was known as the untouchable that, oh, they didn't get viruses. They didn't get hacked. They were Apple. Not anymore. Well, it had nothing to do with the quality of their code. It had to do with nobody cared because there were 17 people in the world who used Apple back in the day. Security. Mac. By obscurity. Nowadays, it's a lot more popular. And so it's a much more tempting target. The- I mean, if, if you're going out and writing malware to try to you know, mine bitcoins or or build your botnet or whatever. Are you going to take the platform that has 95% of the computers? Are you going to take the platform that has 3% of the computers? Which one are you going to spend your hard-earned programming time on? You go for the biggest bang for the buck, and Apple iPhones and iPads are very well in in the wild. I mean, Apple probably has, I haven't seen a recent stat, but if I had to guess when it comes to cell phones and tablets, I would guess it's at least 50-50 at this point, right? Or am I totally off? On uh, 
Uh, last I heard, which might be a couple years old, it was like 75% Android. So I don't know. But the Apple. All I know is, is my Windows phone platform is, <laughs> does not have. It's coming anything. back. It's uh, yeah. the Windows phone's coming back. I hope not. The. Oh, God, it'd be Windows 10 based. The, hor- <laughs> the horrible thing or the great thing, whichever way you want to look at it with this iPhone, iPad email hack that's been around for a couple of years was that it made it very easy not to attack a vast amount of people, but it made it very, very easy to attack an individual. Because the way this works is a specifically crafted email message that is opened by the Apple software is what hacks the device. So let's just, I mean, we remember the fappening. And I'm not saying this was part of that or even any relation, but maybe it is because there was a lot of the Apple iCloud and those kind of uh, services that were hacked where, you know, if you have Kate Upton's email address and you send her a message and she opens it, boom, you own the phone and everything on the phone. So this was a little bit even more nefarious than sending something out to blanket, you know, Android or the iOS. operating systems and just see what you get this was more if you know somebody's email address and they have an apple device you got them if they're using the apple software which is i thought that was the hilarious thing which was a suggestion at this point was you know well until this is fixed don't use apple's own email program use any third-party email program and you're fine yay apple you know, you know, the funny thing is Apple caters to the type of people who don't want to have to micromanage their hardware. Right. So that that advice falls on deaf ears. That advice, it, people are like, I just want my phone to work. Right. Like it does. Your phone just works for you and for everybody who's owned it. Congratulations. <laughs> so, yeah, if you know somebody that has an iPhone and you're looking to hack them, this is the time to do it. There's I, no doubt. I mean, when are you not looking to hack them? Well, they're so smug they're like oh I'm, my platform is superior no, no your platform is made of software just like everybody else's here watch hold my beer you're home you're under self-quarantine or under lockdown you're looking for something to do you have somebody's email address you know they have an iphone have a little fun sure we're not recommending that but we're not not recommending that i mean it's it's legal I, to not I, not I recommend like, something right <laughs> i i feel like you're recommending that i feel like own it yeah okay this is we can't be deplatformed. that's the come, great thing come over come uh, over to the dark side that is the give great thing feeling give into your hate yeah this is the great thing about not being on youtube is that we can't get deplatformed because that's the other big uh, story yeah youtube uh-huh go ahead with this one it is uh it's not a surprise that youtube is going full on censorship full on insanity with this coronavirus stuff i mean they've always been removing things that they thought were you know against their terms and service which is always a moving target and conservative viewpoints seem to get silenced a lot well in this case facebook is deciding that anything that this isn't conservative this is anything that doesn't fit with the the government media government propaganda narrative and this, well, this isn't, I'm sorry, I said Facebook, YouTube is anything that doesn't go along with the World Health Organization on coronavirus will be removed. 
Who? Exactly. Who let the dogs out? Yeah. That was your bad joke from last episode. Nobody. No, from that people was Bam- are st- I did not claim that. That was Bemlet's bad joke from last time. Still cringing. But yes, this the, the, the bad part about this is one censorship sucks no matter what. The other thing is the World Health Organization is probably one of the worst places to go and trust during this pandemic because they've already shown that they will lie for China. They covered up the fact that this was person to person transmission going on, and they admitted to doing so on the same day that internally they were telling people, yeah, person to person's happening. But they put it out on Twitter that it wasn't because, you know, they wanted to balance the message. But these are the people you want to base what anybody else can say about a pandemic. No, no, YouTube, no Google. This is no, obviously you need to be getting all of your useful information from old podcasters who are grumpy about everything or maybe look for different sources or maybe yeah. question again. This is coming down to or, you can't even question the data if the, if the who says that the data is this and you even question that. Oh, boom, you're off of YouTube. You think you so can monetize? I, no, I got to admit that that's the part that steams me the most about this. Uh, I. I don't know if I I mean, it's obvious that who has been lying to us and that certainly brings all of their credibility into into question. I, I don't know how much they've been lying about. I don't know what they're right and what they're wrong about. And, uh, uh, you know, you and I are, are certainly not the you know, if, if you are looking for objective facts, your grumpy old Benz is probably not your your best source. And no agenda is good for that. Uh, but. The inability to talk about it is the thing that you, you're aware that I am, a, to put it lightly, a free speech enthusiast. I've heard that. And it, the, the fact that we, we've gone to the point where we are, they, it feels like they are so scared. Uh, they, they have so little confidence in their message that they can't stand anybody to say anything else. Right. I, the censorship is bad and and the reason it's bad is because if your idea is good then it will win out over bad ideas in the long run might take a lot longer than you need but yeah but if the- your idea is bad censorship that it only it only exists to prop up bad ideas it, censorship is never needed to prop up good ideas i think is where i'm going right you let the truth do the work you don't need to silence people saying crazy stuff and when you start yeah. to do so then people are going to start questioning why because usually it's the people covering up stuff that are the ones shutting everybody else down well why is almost always because you have uh you have an agenda that you're that you know if your if your agenda were out in the open you wouldn't need to censor you would just come out and say this is what i'm doing but yeah of course google has an agenda <laughs> You think? They want to be they want to be the next big defense contractor. And for that, they have to make they have to get kissy kissy with the federal government. And for that, they are uh, they're they're being an arm of the federal government Smith month propaganda section. Well, they're becoming kissy kissy with a certain faction in the government. Obviously, Trump is not very friendly to the WHO. He's uh, defunded them at this particular point. There's going to be a fight about that. But. Obviously, he has brought up concerns at the at the very least, some major concerns with the WHO. Yes. Well, I I have concerns. I I mean, 
mentioned last week about if if your bureaucracy exists for something, then of course you're you're incentivized to have that something. Well, uh, you know, World Health Organization. Uh, if we put aside the word health, there they are a world organization. So if you are in favor of one world government, here is a massive organization for the world. <laughs> And we're seeing why this doesn't work. As you said, the United States is 50 different Petri dishes to see what works and for different things to be tried. When you go to a one one nation government is bad enough. The Fed shouldn't be making decisions about boots on the ground on a lot of things you know, in Wyoming because Wyoming is not New York. And in the same sense, even in a much bigger sense, a one world government makes even less sense because people live in vastly different ways and that should be applauded, not tried to be stamped down. And that, that is the, the biggest problem we've got going right now is this whole you know, one world government concept. It's like, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because people are different. People are such and, vastly different and even, and even in uh, individual countries that when you start going outside, it just it breaks down. And let me tell you, there are 100,000 Wyomingans who are very happy that it's not New York. Right. And well, that's the, the other falsity that you're not really seeing in the mainstream media is all of these asshole politicians who are blasting Trump. We didn't do enough to protect our citizens. You know, the, the safety. Yeah. Well, Sa safety should not be the top goal of all humanity. It, it can't work. We can't have a society that way. But then they're also the ones that are saying he doesn't have the power to to take him off of lockdown. So we want you to do everything to protect us, but then you can't tell us what to do. That's not how it works. I mean, I saw I saw a great great headline in uh, it was from the Babylon Bee, who is um they they have a lot of good headlines. <laughs> Some of the best site. satire going on right now. Uh, the the headline was Trump promises to send more plagues unless governors let his people go. <laughs> <laughs> they are hitting it on the nose with the comedy writing that's going on over there i mean it's genius level stuff all day which is hard to do yeah i i'm i'm really impressed with the writers over there obviously uh, they're having some fun with the pandemic their forum but they require that you pay in order to do that so uh i'll just read their articles they want you to pay and have an app and uh actually uh, you know what they probably deserve some of my money maybe after this i'll, I'll i'm gonna go I, value for value i'm getting value from babylon b i think that they do need some of my money that's right value for value and one of the things i just have one little rant here too uh on I, I logged into facebook this morning which i know probably shouldn't do oh what i i am so sorry i, <laughs> I understand how frustrating that must be for you it is. It was a terrible ordeal. You need counseling. And I scrolled down and there was some company that I had never heard of, which makes sense, that was like, oh, we're selling two terabyte USB flash drives, like $39, buy one, get one free. And I'm like, I know I haven't looked at flash drives within the last like few months, but I've never seen anything that is over a terabyte that was reasonably priced, certainly not two two terabyte flash drives for 39 bucks so i did the usual are, thing are, are you thinking scam yeah i was thinking scam so i went into the browser and i put the company name in and of course that's coming up on you know scam or not scam and it was a company that was 
a domain that was only registered within like the last month. So this just shows you here. Facebook is really, really good about who they'll allow to to advertise on their particular format or their particular platform. Yeah. Well, um, they, they let they let some Russians advertise and it completely threw the election. Remember? Yeah, I did hear that. And the interesting thing was there were a bunch of comments like, oh, I ordered mine and it was great. I mean, these things were already loaded uh, with fake comments. Yeah. 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 When you see when you see a short comment like, yep, this product is great. You know, that is astroturfing. Uh huh. And then, you know, the company's responding to people. Hey, glad you like it. So I did what everybody should do if you're on the face bag and you shouldn't be. But I went and clicked report this ad and I hit scam. And then I scrolled down about for like three more seconds. You, you're banned from Facebook now. No, I scroll down oh. and about three panels later, another ad, different company, USB flash drives, <laughs> same exact video running went and did the same thing so so somebody got a bulk deal on companies yes on on shell companies so i put that one through as a uh, scam and about three panels later after i did that another there was a total of six or seven of them that were you, all you know your facebook is probably going to deplatform you for abusing their their report button now i hope so it would save it, me time would but that's the best thing they could do for you i think <laughs> like seven different ads all for really cheap usb flash drives and from what i've read there are uh, nefarious companies that are selling these things they're flash drives and there's some kind of hack in the drive itself that right when you plug it in it'll show like there's yeah, two terabytes even well, though it's, it, it, it it is the the boot sector of the flash drive or the 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 drive descriptor sector is it's just data uh the the protocol is that when you uh you know when you first plug it in it will read a, a known sector at the beginning of the data blocks and that sector has information about uh the the drive and and more importantly it has things like the drive capacity and pointers to where in the data blocks you can find the file system that's that's pretty well understood and the way that it is supposed to work is uh you know once you so the, the the operating system will go grab the block uh it will advertise you know because it it could calculate the actual size of the device by grabbing the pointer to the file system and then going out and scanning through all the blocks but that takes a lot of time so instead uh you know that that information is conveniently stored in the first data block well that's great right up until somebody writes a data block that is wrong so you you write a data block that says we have two terabytes and then you point to a file system that stores 128 kilobytes because hey somebody's going to write a file and then check and see if it's in there and oh look this text file that that's only three kilobytes i put in yeah that one read just fine so obviously the file system works right I, yeah it's software software can be written to do whatever including lie because software is still at least at this point written by humans and some humans are assholes the most intriguing thing about this was the buy one get one free and if you got up it was getting cheaper so like buy seven and get like 14 free so you could get like you know 35 of these drives for you know 105 bucks it was something astronomically small for what if this was real so you know it's a scam but 
And the other thing I was thinking, like, well, everybody's paying for this on credit cards. And your credit card companies are usually <laughs> pretty good, right? Pretty good. And yeah. if you get scammed and you bought it on a credit card, 90 some odd percent of the time, your credit card company will refund you if you then go and report this as a scam to them. And the the fact that they were trying to do the buy one, get one free, and they were trying to get you to take a bunch of these drives, you know, give it to your family and friends. The minute I closed out Facebook and opened up the hacker news, one of the recent stories was malicious USB drives infect 35,000 computers with crypto mining botnet. And and I'm like, is there a connection here by any chance? It's software. Yeah. Like, is there a connection? The article was talking, this was mainly right now things in uh, like South America, but the premise is absolutely true that these people that are trying to, you know, sell air quotes, these USB drives, they just want to get them in your hands. They don't even care if your credit card company is going to reverse the charges. If they can get thousands of these USB drives to be put into people's computers where they can then be running a botnet. Sure. Congratulations. You bought it and put it in your own machine. Yeah. I, there's your business model. Uh-huh. You, you don't need to, you don't need to advertise to the user and you don't need to charge them. You can just give away free stuff. <laughs> it's amazing. But it's it's one of those Dvorak things. Loves to tell stories about how the the same sort of thing had happened with USB drives that were given out for free at, at conventions, because you just have a big bucket of, of little USB sticks, and everybody will grab one because hey, free shit, right? And uh-huh. then you go put it in your computer, and hey, free botnet. It goes along the lines of all the other advice we've given on Grumpy Old Ben's, which is you probably don't want to buy a USB flash drive from a company that you're not familiar with just well, saying I, I think the advice is older than our show it's uh if if something is if something seems too good to be true it probably is or as you said you know this this goes all the way back to ancient rome in latin caveat emptor may the buyer beware so i have one more story about twitter censorship And the ironic thing about this is that Twitter is on the side of transparency in this one, which I know seems very weird given how incredibly censorious they are these days. But they started this in 2014. Uh, Do you remember uh, there was a a big lawsuit and a a decision that came out that resulted in uh, social media sites were not allowed to say how many. Uh, secret requests for information they had received from the FBI and other deep state agencies. Uh, they were only allowed to say we got zero to a thousand or we got a thousand to two thousand or we got and so on. Or like they could give, you know, blocks. I don't remember, Do remember that, this? but it sounds familiar because I know it's a similar thing with like NordVPN and they do post every one that they get to their website. But yes. Yeah that's because they're not an american US government will not let you even say how many you got they will not let you say this year we got 35 requests for secret information you know the 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 national security letters which are one of the most insidious things that the federal government has ever said because it will they they are demanding something of you effectively at gunpoint because if you ignore it they will send people with guns to your place of business uh i like guns you you are not allowed to talk about the you are not allowed to say what was in it. You're not allowed to say what was requested. You are not allowed to say that you got one. 
You are not allowed to mention this to your friends and family or they will throw you in jail. Uh, they, it says so in the letter. It's like, if you tell anybody that you got this letter, we will throw you in jail. So there's some pretty insidious shit. And Twitter, being a large social media platform, presumably got a bunch of these. And back in 2014, when they were a little more open, they wanted to publish the fact that they got some. And uh, the the deep state, the U.S. federal government would not let them. So they filed a lawsuit saying uh, the, effectively the lawsuit is saying we want to share publicly how many of these surveillance orders we received from law enforcement. And in uh, 2017, uh, the, the case finally moved forward. So we're already, you know, it's the, the wheels of justice spin slowly and are covered in rust. Uh, but the government, the U.S. federal government, decided that the they had evidence that proved that Twitter could not be allowed to share this information. However, that evidence was state secrets. And it was so sensitive that not only could they not share it in open court, but the evidence that proved that Twitter should lose their case was so secret that the, they could not even share it with Twitter's attorneys and Twitter <laughs> even has attorneys on staff that have national security clearance. And the U S government argued that even the attorneys on Twitter staff that have national security clearance, this information was so secret that not even those people could review it and determine whether or not it was. So Twitter files a lawsuit saying, uh, we need to tell people that you're spying on them. The U S federal government says, no, you can't tell people. And the reason why is so secret. We can't tell you. And in fact, they can't even let the, the opposing lawyers know. Well, the reason this is news is because on Friday, uh, the ninth circuit judge ninth circuit. Yeah. Those guys in San Francisco, the ninth circuit judge in charge of the case dismissed twitter's case the twitter lawyers who just got their case thrown out after six years still have absolutely no idea what evidence was used to dismiss it they're just oh nope national security sorry fuck you public doesn't have a right to know anything at all we're the government trust us yeah i'm trying to wrap my head around a couple of things with that story the first would be you know, are terrorists or anybody really using Twitter to talk to each yes. other? <laughs> well, well it, yes. Well, I, I mean, mean it, especially depending on what you call a terrorist, homegrown terrorists. Yeah, people, but people in the no agenda troll room who just don't agree with what what their government is doing in their name are are lone wolves. Yeah. <laughs> lone wolves, right? But I, I, w I just wonder in a system like Twitter that you have no expectation uh, yeah. of privacy. People, yeah, people actually, well, I mean, there's, I guess there's DMs or whatever, but, but Twitter monitors and censors that shit so hard that no, if, if I had to speculate at least in 2020 and even in 2017, uh, anybody who is, is truly planning, a, a real terrorism style attack on us soil is going to be using something a little more secure than Twitter, like proton mail. Yeah, which is open source and now trustworthy now. Yes, and they can't see your messages. So why anybody 
why the government would find that there's something so vastly important about the Twitter infrastructure unless they have already hacked the Twitter infrastructure and have, uh, you know, are able to monitor these messages going back and forth, which would make a lot of sense. And it may be things that people wouldn't even think were important that are going back and forth through the direct messages that is a way to track them either maybe even not the I mean if you if you message like themselves maybe the IP DMs. address is what they're going for too yeah uh, yeah the, twitter i mean it is a big platform and it was huge this this is all about twitter in 2014 which was rising and they were free and open i mean uh uh what was the uh toot sweet no uh uh, no, that's I the, the they even had apps that people had written that were had interfaced to Twitter. It was before right. before they decided to reclaim the platform and shut down all third party creativity. Right. Hootsuite. Um, I mean, they they were pretty good. Was it yeah, Hoot Sweet? I think not. Yeah. Uh, tweet deck. That's the one I was. That's another about. one. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, again, if you're going to be doing that stuff, start your own Mastodon instance. That's what the cool kids are doing. Yeah. And you control it. Uh, yeah, something that's not controlled by one central company that that even if you ascribe good intentions to the people running Twitter, which I don't understand how you could without your head in the sand. But even if you assume that Jack Dorsey is your own personal friend and would never do anything wrong, uh, the U.S. federal government is able to come in and take surveillance data from them and then force them at gunpoint. Do not even tell you that they got surveillance orders. But this yeah. story, even if yes. it got, even if it grew legs, which you would think it would, you would think this would be something since I mean, Twitter is not conservative. Twitter is a very liberal company and the media is very liberal. Yeah. But I doubt the media is even going to cover this. Well, Twitter is very authoritarian and the media is also authoritarian. And I think that's the reason why you're not going to see this covered. In fact, uh, I, I I found a, a link to this on Hacker News, which uh, you, you know Y Combinator gotta love that one. That's that's the cheat sheet for my show prep. Uh, but um, the link is not at a. a do you think it's at? Do you, do you think I got this story from CNN? You think I got it from MSNBC? Maybe the BBC? Maybe maybe somewhere like you know complete whack job people like the Guardian? Uh, where do you think I got this? Definitely not MSNBC or CNN. I would guess more along the lines of the ACLU, Breitbart, something like that. Uh, no, a ACLU is not who they used to be. They're compromised. They they don't actually believe in what they were founded for anymore. Nice. However, one organization that does, uh, which is where I got this, was the Electronic Frontier Foundation. EFF, Those that's are, what I, I meant. Yeah, sorry. I, okay, yeah. EFF is where I got this. Um, I, In fact, uh, the EFF and... Uh, uh, tech dirt are just about the only two sources of techno technology news where people actually care about your rights online yes regardless uh, of it, your politics with the eff yeah yeah the eff will go both ways in politics they they tend to swing a little farther to the left than i always like but but they always support freedoms online and and i appreciate that um, and then, you know, tech dirt is, is the, uh, they're not an activist organization, but they, they usually tell it like it is, but, uh, uh, there's not a lot out there anymore that, that tells it like it is. And I, 
desperately looked around because I always try to find multiple sources just in case, you know, it's some rag blog or something. And the EFF were the only people I could find anywhere. This uh, this was one week ago that this judge handed down the decision. I could not find any other stories about it. The only thing that I would say would explain that is they're afraid that if this story gets out, people will think Twitter is compromised and stop using it. Well, it is. And stop using it. There. <laughs> you should. Yes. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah. And you definitely should, except it's where the eyeballs are. And that's the constant battle that's going on is to move people over into something like the federated stuff with Mastodon, where one big company doesn't control everything. And if the government wants to spy on people, they just can't easily. Well, they, they, yeah, they, they could. I mean, spying is actually pretty easy on the Fediverse. The government doesn't even have to issue any unconstitutional secrecy orders. All they have to do is connect a service and federate, and they get the entire feed. I'm talking like over the, with Twitter, too. It's the DMs, I think, that people would be worried yeah. about because everything else is public. So it's like. And, and if, if they want to compromise a, a, an individual user, they have to go to whichever server they're on and and try to you know strong arm that server they can't just strong arm twitter and get a, a fire hose of every terrorist act ever they have to go to each individual server which is the decentralized model it's it's tough for law enforcement and they hate having to do extra work well yeah and then when the case of no agenda social which we are both on the guy that runs it Ariner, the minute he got the paperwork be like hey guys uh the, the, the feds are looking for you <laughs> you know i mean i mean they may tell him not to and i w- wouldn't want to say he's doing that but uh if you know the people running the service that you're on yeah. much better chance that you're going to hear about it if somebody's inquiring about you but we're living in weird times and the last story i have is just simply i wanted to uh, one throw this by you as the tech guy and two because we've talked about ways in the past how technology low-tech high-tech able to get data off a machine that's maybe not connected to the internet and the weird ways people were doing that from screen flicker and all sorts of other bizarre stuff that I had never thought about before until you start looking into this. This was an article on Tom's hardware that just hit today. And it was the sub headline that really got me to read it more than the headline. Although the headline is pretty interesting. Researchers turn AMD Radeon GPU into a radio transmitter to steal data. Now that's that's compelling but the sub headline is what's the frequency kenneth so once you start going to an rem song (laughs) i'm like okay there's there's comedy involved in this too and i want to read further but here's from the article and you're the tech guy so you can kind of you know react to this it's a reminder that no computing device is truly safe from prying eyes a researcher at security firm duo recently used an amd radeon pro wx3100 video card as a radio transmitter to transmit data all without physically modifying the hardware this allowed him to receive the data through a wall 50 feet away thus stealing data from an air gap pc the researcher accomplished the feat by manipulating the graphic cards shader clock rates to become a tunable radio device is that genius or what i i mean it's novel uh it's not something i would have immediately thought of but at the same time it's every single piece of that is has already been there and tried and prove i mean it all of the 
you know, if you think air gapped computers are, are completely secure, then, then you, you don't really fully understand all of the ways that information has been transmitted over the years. Uh, before we had the internet, humans were able to, uh, transmit information by causing, uh, air molecules to vibrate in front of their face. And that air gap, the, the air molecules would vibrate in such a way that it crossed an air gap. And then special sensory organs on the side of the other person's head would be able to detect these vibrations. And we, you know, th that's, that's a normal type of communication. I, I it, it fascinates me all of the interesting ways that we are bringing back the old methods of, of transmitting information in novel ways. And even, even the clock speed, uh, you know, do, do you remember way back in the day on, on the original PC when you had, uh, a PC speaker and somebody came up with a way to cause it to make, uh, you know, first it was the, the PC speaker, it just creates sine waves. And then somebody created uh MIDI and uh do, 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 you know, notes. And then eventually somebody started using it to create arbitrary waveforms. And then eventually it, you, you got speech. You, you remember all of the shit that was done with a PC speaker? Yes. Fun stuff. And, and, and the, what what amazed me about that is a PC speaker really uh, in in the, at the driver level, um, your PC speaker has two modes on and off, uh, or or you know forward, you know, forward and back is is the only thing you can do. You can you can either send your speaker at any given moment. You can send the speaker a one or a zero, and so creating a sine wave is at a particular frequency. You send ones and then you send zeros and then you send ones and you send zeros and, and you don't get a sine wave per se, but you get a square wave and then uh, you you know you, you can modulate that back and forth. But but it's all a matter of uh, timing. It's it's you're sending ones and zeros at at a particular rate. Well, that's exactly the same as every serial connection ever. Uh, USB is a serial connection where you send ones and zeros and we're talking on that. And it's just when, when do they come in and at what rate, uh, you know, your, your, the most ethernet is there's, there's only one data wire in, in most ethernet signals, but it's ones and zeros at a particular rate. So I guess that was a lot of words to say, I am fascinated by new ways that somebody can send ones and zeros at a particular rate. But that's all it is. Yes. And not any, through a wire. Anything, anything that you can change at a controlled interval and then detect the interval, that's information. Yes. And Cold Acid points out it's similar to the Van Eck freaking that's been around for a while. And that is in the Tom's Hardware article. It says the most nefarious aspects of these attacks is that the hardware is working exactly as designed. So the modifications aren't detectable by antivirus and stuff like that because. Yeah. It's no, it's doing what it's supposed to do. You're, you're, you are, you are giving software the ability to change something in it. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the fix for that, how, how, okay. How do I protect against this attack? Well, you don't run that software on your machine done. You know, it's, it's, it's I know it seems kind of simplistic, but what is the most effective way to not get owned by malware? Don't run it turn your computer off <laughs> well that's uh, you know and, and and that works most of the time but uh there there have been hacks that involve a powered down computer
Yes, well, that's true, too. They're saying for the receiving end, a software-defined radio device that plugs into a standard USB port was used. Less than 100 bucks. although they used a more expensive one available between three and six hundred dollars for this particular study. But it's not an expensive thing to uh, to get this thing working. It says, quote, we turned a Radeon GPU shader clock into a tunable radio transmitter that can jump through walls and get picked up 50 feet away. Here you go, cold acid. It says, get your Vanek fill and learn how to find these and other RF side channels from myself and the Baron of Duo Labs. And then there's a link. So check out Tom's hardware. The whole article if you want more information on this very fascinating stuff because everybody's worried about getting hacked over the internet damn your your video card might be screwing you now i once turned my old 80286 into uh i i wrote a radio receiver for it uh it actually fascinating bit of code um it uh it pulled the rs232 port the the you do you remember the old com ports oh yeah that we had uh it pulled the com port at a particular rate and uh then effectively grabbed the the level of the pin and sent that level with with a little bit of massaging out to the pc speaker and the pin um all i really did was i took a uh, an old printer cable that had been severed and i pulled the or not printer but i i pulled the plug off the end of it and i soldered a length of wire to the data pin and then I held that length of wire and I thumbtacked it to the wall above the computer antenna. And, yeah, and it was, yeah. I, I determined that to get, get uh, AM signals, the antenna had to be some multiple. I don't remember. It was like, like the ideal length is nine meters, which is a little unreasonable, but you, you have like a, you know, one eighth of that or whatever. But anyways, I, I picked the right length of the antenna. I pinned it to the wall. I attached it to the RS two thirty two port and I pulled it at a certain interval. And I sent that data to the pc speaker and i got am radio out of it and that was some awful awful sound quality but i i could tell what they were saying <laughs> yeah and that is the intriguing stuff and yeah if you're not old enough to remember com ports and serial ports on the back of a pc yeah you're just not grumpy or old enough but this is very similar to the fact that somebody figured out and i don't think this was meant as an out-of-the-box solution but somebody figured out if you put a piece of wire on the pins on two one or two of the pins must be two right of the raspberry pi you could actually transmit on the fm band for like 50 feet so there's some weird stuff with computers and radio and uh if, if if you understand how the computer works and you understand electronics then there's some scary things you can do that that just doesn't really occur to somebody whose deepest computer knowledge is node.js and let's understand that ryan bemrose has this knowledge and he knows where each one of you live fortunately for you i'm too lazy to hack each one of you individually (laughs) yes it would be if you get a grumpy old ben's thumb drive don't put that into your computer probably a bad idea Uh, if it came from seattle the seattle area i did post on grumpyoldbens.com we have a, I'm, I'm going to call it a merch section, but it's just one thing over on the uh, Teespring website. So if you want Grumpy Old Ben's t-shirts, hoodies, all that kind of thing with the Grumpy Old Ben's logo on it, boom, they're there. Just another way boom. to spread the Grumpy Old Ben's love. And we do the value for value thing. And today we got two donors, Sir John Fletcher of the Hug Story podcast, now going twice a week. It's a podcast I own, and I highly recommend them working twice as hard 
for half the pay. So I mean, really, he's my employee and he pays me to do my show. Isn't that a beautiful thing when it comes to value That's, for value? This, this is a fantastic gig. This is the best. I, I'm starting to like this gig economy here. <laughs> this is the best gig ever. And Harry Hamster yet again. This is like three or four shows in a row. So obviously, Harry Hamster in the No Agenda Troll Room right now. Thank you. Obviously, he's digging the shows that we're doing here on Grumpy Old Ben's, even though it, where it's just ones and zeros. Really, it's all it is. Ones and zeros. It's nothing special. We stream our thoughts directly well, into your brains. It's it's a very, very specific pattern of ones and zeros that that makes up the the amazing grindy voice that is Sir Bemrose. Hey, we can get you a new microphone. Now I said it's over a year. Maybe you want to upgrade that rig along with the uh the very noisy boom arm that you have there, maybe a little ranch hand, something like that. We don't want it you to know, turn. If I, if I let you have your way, I would have already rented out a studio somewhere in the city. No, that's Void. And he's going to change that come August. Void's going to have a home studio again. Mark Van Dyke. And I'm going to appreciate hearing him speak in English again on oh, the No Agenda yes. stream. We need to get Void Zero on the No Agenda stream again. We, we, now that, that we guy know. Is, that did, guy's fun to listen to. Yeah, he told me the other day they had just finished up a two and a half hour, uh, I'm assuming, of the Prisma podcast. So we have to get him on Grumpy Old Ben's again, too, to check in what's going on over in the Netherlands. Let's see if the insanity is going. Uh, if it's ratcheted up as high as it is here, which is hard to believe. But uh, it's interesting to get viewpoints from other parts of the world as this pandemic rages on. And we're here to give you the information, which is why the value for value model thing is important. If you want to participate, grumpyoldbens.com. You can click that little donate button and that goes through PayPal. You could use that funny looking QR code if you want to use Bitcoin. We have the old fashioned P.O. box if you want to actually take funds and put them in an envelope and send them through snail mail. We have all those choices and more, including the Patreon available at patreon.com slash grumpyoldbens. Choose one of those, whatever works for you. And we greatly appreciate everybody that's listening and everybody that has donated to the Grumpy Old Ben's cause. Anything else we got today? Uh, We're going three times a week just to beat Hog Story. Well, with what co-host? <laughs> Do I need different co-hosts for the different days? It's Grumpy well, Old Ben's. You're already podcasting 17 times a week on the No Agenda stream by yourself. Well, the- I mean, if you had a co-host, you'd be able to spread it out more. That's true. I, well, I only do three live shows on three different days. I, 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 okay, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, do do the people out there listening to Grumpy Old Ben's? Could you even stand getting more than once a week of this stuff? I mean, this is I, it, I, this is hard to handle. There's too much here. <laughs> there's too much data. I don't know. I think there's always content. There's always more content. And there's again, it's always a question of how it is distributed throughout the week. And there are some people, you know, that'll just do like a half hour, five days a week. And that's about what we do in a day. So it's, uh, it is, uh, it's hard to tell if it's grumpy old Ben's better. If it's shorter and two or three times a week, is it better if it's just one long episode a week? That's a question. And, uh, while we're all under quarantine, it's like, I'm here seven days a week. Usually have some time to do something. I, I I'm out walking around the city streets without a mask as often as I can possibly get away with it. So when you're arrested, I'll need to have a backup co-host ready. Well, when I get arrested, that'll be show content. That's true. I can just, I can just laugh about that for a good hour and a half <laughs> without a co-host. 
and then I'll invite Larry on and he'll laugh about it with me and then Boyd and then Fletcher and Carolyn Blaney and Nick I'm the not Rat. Sure you would even, I'm not sure you would even know how to do grumpy old Ben's without constant interruptions. I've heard random <laughs> thoughts. That is that is absolutely true. We need to get Nick the Rat on too. We've talked about that before. Yeah, we do. He's he's underground in New York. We should be able to get him onto the uh onto the show unless he's actually still doing a day job on Friday when we dare to record the show when people who have real jobs are working, but Hey, we'll work on all of that. With that said, thanks again, everybody that is in the No Agenda Troll Room available at noagendastream.com, which is where you want to be when we're doing these shows live Friday, 11 a.m. Central. Thanks to everybody for subscribing, downloading, reviewing, doing all of that. And of course, the people that have come in with some monetary funds to keep the microphone sounding good. Well, at least mine. And Bemrose needs some ranch hand if somebody can send that to him. Like, there, there is no microphone technology that can make me sound good. I challenge you to prove me wrong. Yes. Sound, send him a microphone that'll make him sound like Larry Blydner. And then we'll have a show. But with that said, until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, damn it, I'm going to have steak for dinner. And from America's left coast, where content is king and censorship is the knife in its back, I'm Ryan Bemrose. We have content? I didn't know we were supposed to have content. No, we don't. We stabbed it.